We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. It is a snowy, cold Indianapolis evening uh, here. So what better way to uh, warm up a little bit is uh, to talk a little Indiana football. Today, we are starting our seventh season together, TJ. Uh, It's been a long time on the podcast together. Uh, Our first full season was in 2015. Uh, and we're, this is our kickoff for the 2021 season. Uh, so first, let's start with uh, a few words from our friends. We have a new sponsor over at eBay, uh, eBay Sneakers. Uh, from the rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you. So you could shop confidently knowing that your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker seller out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 and above, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Uh, Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. Uh, Well, I'm not a sneakerhead, TJ, but if you are, that sounds like a great great place to go. And also, our friends over at BetOnline are back for another season. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. What's better than betting on The Bachelor? Um, Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you could imagine. Bet Online has you covered for the news. For all the news, scores, and odds, it is the best place um, to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your sportsbook experts. All right, TJ. A lot of off-season news for Indiana. We kind of, you know, let things settle after the the bowl loss to Ole Miss. I don't think either of us uh, were in a huge mood or rush to get back um, to talking about. Indiana football after the bowl loss, we let things settle. We knew things were going to be on the move with Kane Womack going to South Alabama. Uh, Charlton Warren uh, is the new defensive coordinator. He's coming up as the def- from Georgia as their defensive backs coach. This looks like one of those hires that that can be pretty good. Now it's 
It looks great on paper. I, I'm not one to say, hey, oh, they won the press conference and things like that because, well, they don't count that in the standings. A, a lot of coaches have won the press conference and have lost on the field, but Charlton Warren um, looks like a good hire on paper. And, you know, he, he looks like a good fit for the culture as well. What are your thoughts on, on the defense coordinator hire? Well, you know, initially, uh, once it became very clear that Kane Womack was, you know, looking at, at uh, becoming a head coach and that South Alabama was going to be the spot that he landed, um, you know, the first thought was, oh, well, you know, Indiana's probably just going to promote from within and uh, stick within, you know, what has been successful for them. And you looked at a couple of options internally that maybe uh, you thought, might get that opportunity. However, uh, it became clear that IU was looking at external candidates, uh, which I think we were both pretty excited about because the the list of guys that we maybe heard were an option uh, were exciting. And then uh, it became that Charlton Warren was the name that, that we were hearing. Uh, what we don't know is how great of a coach Charlton Warren is. We, we don't know that. We're not behind the scenes and seeing that, that we don't necessarily know for sure what kind of impact he has had at the places he's been. What we do know is, you know, where has he worked? And the places he has worked have to get you excited. Most recently at the University of Georgia. Uh, it, my opinion is if you work for Kirby Smart, you have to be able to recruit. You've got to be a stone-cold, good-to-great recruiter. And I think to Charlton Warren, uh, regardless of what kind of defensive coordinator he ends up being, which is important, I don't want to you know, sugarcoat that or make it seem like, well, it's Tom Allen's defense, and no matter who's, quote, calling the plays, they're going to be successful. That's not the case. However, Charlton Warren wouldn't get the job if he didn't know what the heck he was doing. Uh, Tom Allen knows defense, and Tom Allen is going to hire a guy that he believes can communicate his message to the players and put them in positions to succeed. What got me most excited about it was it's a guy that, on the face of it, seems like he's going to be a terrific recruiter and an asset to the program in that way. Not that Kane Womack was not. Uh, but I think Charlton Warren might get Indiana in on uh, some players and a caliber of player that they had previously not been in on. Uh, for me, this hire plus the one we'll talk about here in a moment uh, might put Indiana in a different level of recruiting and really give them a chance to capitalize on the success and the exposure that we've seen uh, on the field for the program over the past uh, 12 to 18 months. Yeah, and he's been all over the SEC at the University of Florida, at Tennessee. He's been at UNC in North, Car uh, North Carolina. He's been at Nebraska. Uh, he was at the, the Air Force Academy, which is his alma mater. So, and, and he was ranked in the top 25 in recruiter, recruiter rankings by 247. Uh, you know, last year, he's got a lot of ins in the South and in Florida where, where um, 
you know, IU likes to recruit, but during his press conference, he said something. He said, I don't care if the guys in Alaska, if they could play, we're going to go find them. Uh, and that's yeah. something that, you know, you, you like to hear, especially as an IU fan, um, go find the best player. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be in Florida or in Indiana or Ohio. If that best player who's interested in you is in Colorado or in Montana or in New York or New Jersey, uh, they could go get that player. Um, he has NFL yeah. experience with the minority internship program with the Houston Texans in 2007. Um, they've been to some big bowl games. His defenses, um, you know, are, are still up there in uh, takeaways and things like that. And every place he's been at that they've, they've improved while he hasn't been the defensive coordinator. Um, you know, the defensive backs coach, he's, you know, he's done a, a really good job with them. He was a co-defensive coordinator at, at Air Force from tw- uh, 2008 to 2011. So he does have some experience there. He was also the associate head coach at Air Force. Um, you know, what, what's going to come down I think my biggest question is, does Tom Allen trust him like he trusts Kane? He trusted Kane Womack this year to call the defense, or is there going to be a little bit of a learning curve for Warren coming in? Um, maybe Allen will be a little bit more involved on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's what he said in the press conference. It'll be more like when Womack was first defensive coordinator uh, or first came in uh, and Allen was still calling the defense. So we'll see. Um, you know, Kane Womack did a tremendous job last year. The culture is there. The The players are there. Uh, and now it comes down to, you know, can Warren call a defense as well as Kane Womack called the defense last year uh, and things like that. So, you know, you're not going to get a million takeaways every time, but if you could put your players in position to create those uh, you should be able to come away with with a lot of takeaways no matter what. You know, sometimes a fumble will bounce the wrong way or, you know, an interception goes off of some guy's hands uh, and, and things like that. And tip passes and maybe some, somebody never gets to it. But all in all, it, it's, he's come from a winning background. He's been at big-time programs. He knows what that looks like. He knows what winning at big-time programs looks like as well. And uh, it – it looks like a good, a, a great hire on paper. Now, Indiana also had to replace Mike Hart at running backs coach. And this one, uh, I, I, I want to say IU got uh, upgraded. Um, Dellen McCullough, who was IU's running back coach from 2011 through 2016, is back after uh, a stint with the Kansas City Chiefs that saw them go to two straight Super Bowls. Uh, and he left after the 2016 season to head to USC um, out in California uh, to take the running backs job there. He's a supremely confident coach. We've seen his results on the field with Tevin Coleman, Stephen Houston, D'Angelo uh, Roberts, uh, Jordan Howard, Divine Redding. It seems like all those backs uh, were really good. They were all under, uh, you know, McCullough's tutelage. He opened some recruiting ways in Ohio 
as well, which IU hasn't really recruited as strongly since he left. And there's some really good players in Ohio as well. Uh, this, to me, is a home run hire. Uh, he knows IU. He was the one who reached out to Tom Allen, which speaks a lot to me, uh, that he wants to be a part of part of the program again. Um, he knows what it takes to win at IU. He's, you know, they went to back-to-back bowl games uh, there. He, he knows how to develop a running back room as well. You know, if you go back to before McCullough started, uh, the, the running back room at IU wasn't great. You had Darius Willis, um, and then he dealt with injuries and off-the-field stuff. Uh, but outside of that, you know, the and Marcus Thigpen, you know, you never really saw them have back-to-back-to-back guys like Tevin and Stephen Houston and Devine Redding and Jordan Howard, the guys just produced in the running game and that's going to be good to see and and maybe he has new scheme ideas that could get this this running game uh this running game going and as good as Mike Hart was for Indiana you know he found a diamond in the rough in in Stevie Scott and he helped recruit Samson James to Indiana but you can Samson James so far has been you know, you don't want to call him a bust, but he hasn't been utilized as much as everybody thought he might. And Stevie Scott was, he had a really good career at IU, but he never took that next step in his development and becoming the superstar running back that could carry a team. Uh, we saw him carry IU a couple of games, uh, especially the Maryland game this year in the bowl game, he got going, but he never had that breakaway speed uh, or ability to go, you know, score from 50 or 60 yards out that some of these other guys have had. Um, and then there was no depth behind them. You, you know, you saw Ronnie Walker leave uh, and, you know, it, it just seemed like they rode Stevie Scott so hard, even though they had some talented backs in the room that maybe a change of philosophy was coming anyway. Uh, what are your thoughts on Dylan McCullough coming back? And I, I just want to say, great call by Matt Weaver, um, who, who had that news weeks ahead of time um, before it was even announced. Yeah, Matt kind of dropped a, well, I'll start with thinking that this could happen. Matt Weaver, in uh, I, I I don't know if it was inside the locker room or just the initial, you know, little write-up of candidates that he had on peaks.com. But of course, you know, Matt, as usual, nailed this one. Uh, he included Dylan McCullough on a list of candidates. When I first saw Dylan's name, I thought, well, you know, okay, sure. He used to work in Indiana. Okay. I, I guess that's, hypothetically possible but surely not like that's that's not doable is it and then I thought again well I don't think Matt's going to put his name on there unless there's somewhat of a chance that this is a possibility uh and then as the process kind of drug on I, I don't mean to say that IU was you know interviewing a ton of candidates just that we weren't hearing anything uh, there was nothing happening that led you to believe, well, hang on a minute. The only reason to wait this long 
is if it's an NFL candidate, a guy that you can't talk to yet necessarily, or somebody you just can't announce yet. Yeah, I think that's what it was is that for the NFL, for those of you who don't know, if you're talking to a coach, you could talk to the coach or talk to his agent, uh, but you can't announce the hire until that team is eliminated from the playoffs. And for the, the Chiefs, as, as we all know, that, that took a while. Uh, and then, you know, we, we start to hear little hints. Well, this, this might be happening. And then you kind of wait, like, okay, well, the Chiefs season is over, and we didn't have to wait long. You know, right after that, uh, we get the news that Dylan McCullough has come back to Bloomington. Uh, in terms of the impact on the program, I, I think – from an outsider standpoint, you would have to look at it and be impressed. Oh, wow, the Chiefs running back coach is going to Indiana to be their running back coach slash associate head coach. It's not like Dalen McCullough is coming just to be the running back coach. Uh, he made it very clear that this is a position that he views as having an impact outside of just the running back room. That will be his primary focus. Uh, however, I think that you would have to say David McCullough is taking this position with the expectation that he can help Indiana achieve big things and have that as a springboard or a platform that he can get himself a head coaching position in the not-too-distant future. Uh, I think that's the trajectory that you would assume his career is taking right now. Um so it, it makes a lot of sense for him uh, if, if he wants to get back into the college game and he knows Bloomington, he knows Indiana, his family's comfortable with it, um, and he clearly likes the direction Tom Allen has the program, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense for him. From an Indiana perspective, you're right, it's a home run hire. It's a chance to have a guy, uh, you lose my cart and you're worried about kind of I wasn't worried about losing Mike Hart necessarily, uh, but I said on this podcast that I was worried about Indiana losing continuity, uh, Indiana losing yet another, you know, a voice in that locker room. You lost Kane Womack um, and you lost Mike Hart, guys that were kind of stable forces for you on your program's rise. So I was worried about that, but seeing Dalen McCullough be the replacement uh, had me so excited. I was so um, amped up when that became official, thinking about how impactful it would be to have Dalen McCullough going in with his NFL experience, plus his experience at USC, plus his experience previously at Indiana, where he can throw out a guy like Kevin Coleman to a recruit and say, look, I know what it takes to get guys to the NFL. I know what it takes to get guys on an All-American team. Uh, and it won't be a hard sell. You add that to his personality plus Indiana's in, uh, improving status in the college football world right now with Tom Allen and the increased exposure he's got. I think McCullough has to be looking his chops at what he can do in terms of bringing in personnel um, you know, it's all hypothetical right now. We'll have to see 
but there's no reason to be anything but positive with these two hires uh, and really excited about what they could do for the overall talent level at Indiana University. Uh, in an immediate standpoint, Dalen McCullough walks into a running back room that you're right. Uh, they are, there's, there's a hole there and a lot of carries available for guys that need to prove themselves. Uh, we, we like the talent that is there, but to feel really sure about any of them would be a bit foolhardy at this point. It would be, uh, it would be looking through rose colored glasses uh, or crimson colored glasses, if you will, because None of these guys have proven anything consistently. Again, I, I really like David Ellis. I really like Tim Baldwin. I think that Samson James can be really good. And I, I like the tape of the freshmen that are coming in, but none of them have performed consistently at this level. So he walks into a, you know, a room that has talent, but that, that he can really mold uh, to to do it and be the types of running backs that he envisions Indiana needing to have. And I, I'm sure for him, that's a, an exciting possibility as well. Yeah. And it's, there's a lot of things to like about the two coaching hires. Um, and they're both good recruiters and it just, it's an all-star staff right now. And when you had, um, when we had McCullough on, on the zoom meeting, he had his Emmy. Uh, if you guys ha haven't watched or read or listened to his story about him finding his birth parents, um, it's by Sarah Spain. Just Google Sarah Spain, Dylan McCullough, it'll come right up. It's a fantastic story. He's got his Emmy for that and his replica Super Bowl trophy uh, from his Super Bowl from a, a couple years ago with the, the Chiefs. So it's um, it's really you know, I, I think it, it was a great to, you know, good to great off season for IU. And uh, there's plenty to, to be excited about. Uh, but first, before we get into uh, transfers and guys coming back and, and the impact on that, TJ, uh, let's get another word from our friends over at eBay sneakers. Uh, from rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneakers you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. Uh, and with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fee uh, has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your co collection. With other sites taking as much as a 25% cut, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. So check out eBay.com/sneakers today. Also, don't forget for our wagering friends. As well, head on over to Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easy way, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. 
Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. So, TJ, with guys coming in, um, a couple of the transfers we knew before the bowl game, DJ Matthews, the wide receiver from uh, from Florida State, he's immediately eligible as um, to come in and play. With Wap Fillier going to the NFL, it just seems that DJ Matthews will slide into that spot pretty well. You have Zach Carpenter coming in from Michigan. Uh, he's an offensive lineman, uh, 6'5", 3'10". That was announced on New Year's Eve, uh, and that was a big get. And then shortly after the bowl game, Ryder Anderson at that uh, defensive end uh, who could help by you. He was a real pain in the butt for the Hoosiers uh, in the bowl game. He's 6'7", um, just a big, long, tough dude uh, who's tough to block. Uh, and could get into the backfield and make some plays and, and give IU hopefully the pass rush that they need to take their um, to take their pass rush and, and defense to the next level. Uh, what are your thoughts on these guys coming in? Well, Ryder Anderson was an important addition. IU was looking for a, a, a transfer defensive lineman that could come in not take up a scholarship for multiple seasons. That was important. Um, but they did want somebody to come in and contribute to the line right away, be a part of the rotation. Uh, Jalen Mayala left. He transferred out recently. So, you know, Ryder Anderson slots right into to that spot on the, not on the depth chart, but on the, the list of defensive linemen. So it's a group that I think you you feel good about, but uh, not great, particularly at the end position. Uh, you certainly need a couple of guys like a Bo Robbins, um, you know, to kind of take a step forward and be, you know, consistent contributors. But Ryder Anderson is a, a player that I think fits the physical profile of what you want in a pass rusher. Uh, and I think the hope would be that, you know, Charlton Warren and, uh, Indiana's defensive line coach um, can kind of get him to kind of harness the potential that his physical ability shows. His statistics don't necessarily match up to that. Uh, he's not been all that productive. However, uh, he doesn't have a ton of game reps either. So um, I think it's a good opportunity for Ryder Anderson to really have a chance I don't think he's going to start but he certainly has a chance to be you know on that second grouping of, of defensive ends so that's a big one uh DJ Matthews made perfect sense and with with what failure leaving for the NFL uh or whatever next professional uh endeavor he's going to be in um I think it it was necessary for Indiana to get an explosive option. I think the Hoosier coaches knew uh, for a while that Wap Dillier was not going to be a part of the team uh, moving forward. So it makes all kinds of sense for DJ Matthews to be in this offense. I think you have a template for how to use him 
Um, I, I do think that there needs to be some adjustments from uh, maybe the consistent little bubble screens or tunnel screens that they tried to run to Watt Fillier, uh, an adjustment in how you use that position. But it, it's very easy to look at it and say, okay, DJ Matthews slots in for Watt Fillier. Boom, there we go, move forward. Uh, it will be interesting to see if Matthews gets a chance uh, on special teams as well, because that is an area of the in the return game that IU could use some explosion, and he certainly provided it for Florida State. So I hope he gets that opportunity, and I think he could be a very big part of the offense moving forward. Yeah, and then, you know, you also – he replaces Rashawn Williams, who, who would be in that spot as well, yeah. uh, who sure. left yeah. earlier in the year. And then um, another guy who left was Jordan Jakes, uh, but Indiana has a large wide receiver class coming in. Um, and I, th- I think they survived these, the, uh, the attrition when, you know, sometimes when you lose, uh, you know, a four-star wide receiver um, and a three-star defensive line and, you know, a three-star defensive end and another three-star receiver, you know, people are scratching their heads, but, you know, guys want to play, um, and, you know, Jordan Jakes makes sense. He's heading down to UNLV. Um, but, you know, maybe Rashawn Williams wasn't a great fit, and he was, you know, you want guys who want to be there. And if they don't want to be at IU, then IU probably, you know, shouldn't have them there either because IU doesn't have the talent to make up for, you know, bad chemistry and if you have bad chemistry in a team it could even uh it could kill the the rest of the team as well um they had indiana had one late add to their 2021 class uh in uh wide receiver uh malachi holt bennett a uh two four seven four star receiver out of out of alabama uh he's a guy that you know, was committed to UAB. Um, 247 has him as the 13th best uh, player out of Alabama. Uh, he picked Indiana over Ole Miss, U- UAB, and several other schools. Uh, Georgia had offered him uh, as well. He had 19 total offers. He's 6'2", 180. Uh, doesn't have burner speed, but runs real good routes and can get open that way. Uh, and it's just a, a nice, nice addition to a to a class that already had a lot of uh, wide receiver depth with with Jacquez Smith as a as a four star, um, and Jordan Williams, who I think is underrated at at three stars, uh, and um, he'll be enroll. Jordan Williams will be enrolling early, uh, but Malachi Bennett was you know a. a a nice pickup there on the, on the February signing period. Uh, any other uh, notes we want to talk about TJ? I, I think it will be interesting. Hopefully we can get this dead period to end in recruiting uh, in May. And if that, that'll be lifted. I think it'll be interesting to see kind of the, the caliber of player that Indiana can get in on and hopefully land some, um, Obviously, you're not going to land everybody, but if you can get in on a higher caliber of player and land some of them, uh, along with the recruiting you're already doing, 
you know, that's just going to kick things up just that one notch higher uh, and help you, you know, continue to climb that ladder. Um, I don't think we'll see much activity on that until that dead period lifts, though. So hopefully we can get that soon. Obviously, that would mean that things are progressing well with uh, COVID vaccination and, and that there's a feeling that those things are, are safer. So that would be a positive for all kinds of reasons. Uh, one minor one would be, you know, guys can get back on campus and get back to recruiting visits. And I think that that would benefit the Indiana Hoosiers and their new coaching staff very much. Yeah. And some other notes on, on attrition, uh, Indiana, Jamar Johnson leaves for the NFL draft. Stevie Scott leaves for the NFL draft. Uh, Jerome Johnson declared as well. Hayden Whitehead had signed with an agent. Um, Javon Swan will enter the NFL draft. Uh, there's a lot of uh, attrition uh, in spots that Indiana that had a lot of production. Jamar Johnson was one of the better safeties for Indiana. Stevie Scott, obviously the best running back. Jerome Johnson was an anchor on the defensive line. Hayden Whitehead had a tremendous year, uh, even though Indiana's bringing in uh, James Evans. It would have been I think it would have been interesting to have Hayden back uh, and a, a year in between him and, and Evans uh, and things like that. Uh, Javon Swan was another guy. He, he didn't put up the stats, a lot of stats, but every time he watched a game, he was swatting down a pass or chasing somebody down uh, and a big player there as well. Um, Ty Freifogel's coming back, uh, which is huge. He has a lot to prove, I think. Um, in terms of his ability to get open. Uh, we know what he could do catching the ball. It's, you know, his ability to get open and, and find top end speed. Harry Kreider is going pro uh, as well. Tremar Reese is transferring out along with Jordan Jakes. But you get Cam Taylor back. You get Raheem Lane back. You get Michael Ziemba back. Um, and then Marcelino Ball as well and Mackenzie Dora so you do get a lot of guys back that you wanted to have back uh even though you do lose some uh some guys you just you wish you had back for another uh run at this thing so it'll be an interesting spring practice to see who uh who steps up in the these guys absences and um really sets the tone for for the expectations for 2021 which i've seen some people come out and say well the expectations should be they're they're going to challenge ohio state for the big 10 title or the big 10 east title which you know if you're challenging ohio state it, it means you're challenging for the big 10 title too yep. i'm not ready yet to to label that as the expectation for the for the year um i think that's you know, just because Ohio State lost Justin Fields doesn't mean I don't think they're going to take a huge step back um, necessarily. They're Ohio State. They probably got two or three other guys behind him who could sling the ball around uh, and things like that. So, you know, we'll see. And, you know, to have sky high expectations, not necessarily the greatest thing in the world either. Uh, but people wanted to run with that storyline and, uh We'll, we'll let them. Uh, but going into spring practice, uh, my expectations are hopefully they could finish spring practice this year uh, and we don't have another pandemic or, you know, a continuation of this pandemic to impact football. But to get, you know, get guys healthy, get some of these younger guys um, 
who didn't get reps last year uh, and gets these, I think there's six um, or four early enrollees and some of these transfers, get them in, learn the offense uh, and learn the new defense as well uh, and get uh, Jack Tuttle some some high quality, lots of first team reps um, with Michael Penick still on the mend uh, because you never know when you're going to need that backup quarterback. And he really hasn't had a full spring practice at Indiana. He, you know, he had mono uh, his first spring practice, which knocked him out for about half of it. And then last year was canceled because of COVID. So he could definitely use the reps as well as, as some of these young guys. And, you know, hopefully the practice looks more normal than, uh, than a, a COVID practice. So your offensive line could uh, start to gel and, and those things. Those are the things that Indiana needs to work on. Um, and, and you got to find, and we'll talk about this later in our spring practice preview. You got to find who's, you know, who's punting, um, who's going to take over at center on the offensive line, uh, things like that. Is there going to be some reshuffling? Um, you got to figure out your run game. Uh, and then, you know, how, how do you use Marcelino Ball on defense? Who's replacing Jamar Johnson? Uh, and, you know, get some of these young defensive backs who kind of struggled um, as true freshmen in, in a few spots last year, uh, get them the reps that they need to get caught up. In. And so Indiana is not rebuilding, but uh, reloading. Uh, final thoughts, TJ? No, I think you're right. Yeah, we, we need to uh, – well, I don't want to say we need to. People can think whatever they want. But uh, I do think it's important to recognize that last season was a very positive step forward. Uh, however, in college football, there is no, you know, skipping. I, I mentioned climbing rungs on a ladder. Um, it's darn near impossible to skip multiple rungs on that ladder. Uh, it is too much of a building process and it is too, your rosters are too huge for anything outside of say a just once in a generation quarterback to just skip the process altogether and go from a, you know, six and six slash seven and five team to a 11 and one, 12 and 0 type contender, which is what it would take to, to contend with Ohio State for the Big Ten title. Um, so I think it's important to keep in mind it's a building process, and each year you hope to build on that success and keep that momentum growing. And if, you know, just looking at the outset at Indiana's, you know, trajectory, my hope for next season without getting into any specifics is that the program momentum continues to increase, the fan base continues to build, the urgency and the, uh, the passion for Indiana football continues to grow, and on the field, we see a continued bowl program that can finally get over the hump and win a bowl game. For me, those are the biggest things you want to see is for Indiana to solidify their position as a bowl program, a program that every year you go in thinking, yeah, we're probably going to go to a bowl game this year. And if things go right, we might win nine or 10 games. Yep. That's what I think you should be striving towards right now. That doesn't mean those other larger goals 
can't happen in the future. I just think it's important to keep in mind it has to be a, a building process, which is something Tom Allen talks about and knows well more than I do. Um, and I, I think he is building it the right way. I think these off-season hires are going to help continue to do that. And I hope the fan base is, is ready to accept uh, and be along for that ride and that we don't get, I mean, it sounds crazy for IU football fans, but we don't get spoiled by the success we've seen in the past 18 months. That uh, we don't get spoiled in thinking, oh, well, okay, we beat Michigan once, now we're going to do it every year. And we beat Penn State, now we're going to do it every year. And if we don't, then it's, you know, the worst thing, and we need to look at what's the future of the program and who do we need to change and all that. Yeah, um, that's how you get the, uh, like, Tennessee and Nebraska and yeah, uh, do I say Indiana basketball? Um, well, yeah, you know yeah. It, it's you know you, you get started down that slippery slope, TJ. In that you, you, what are realistic goals? And if you don't, if you're yeah. you're, of course, any competitive person with the brain wants to win the Big Ten, but you also yeah. got to say. Well, we haven't won the big, IU hasn't won the Big Ten since 1967. Um, you know, Ohio State is still at the top of the recruiting rankings. They still have Ryan Day. They're still, you know, humming and, and going along. You still, you know, just because, like you said, they've beaten Penn State, Michigan in the last year, have they really surpassed them um, in those things, you know, just because of one win? Maybe. I mean, it depends on, on the, how Michigan and, and Penn State look. And, you know, they're, they have a lot of turnover as well on their coaching staffs and, and rosters and, and things like that. But you don't want to get caught in the trap of, well, going seven and five isn't good enough anymore. And then, you know, you get, you, you fire, you get rid of a guy and, and he gets sucked into that cycle of, well, seven and five is not good enough. And it only took him whatever amount of time to get to eight wins or six wins or go to back-to-back bowl games and things like that. So, you know, you, you want to have high expectations, but you also have to be careful uh, because just like any other team outside of Ohio state, they have hiccups. You know, Penn State had a few years where they had hiccups. Michigan, um, under, you know, um, previous coaches, missed bowl games, went four and eight, had lost to, you know, Purdue and some some games they shouldn't have lost and, and things like that. Um, Penn, uh, who else? Iowa has, has seasons where they go four and eight. And it's how you're going to react to that four and eight season or that five and seven season that's going to define your program. Are you going to stay the course or are you going to say, Hey, we should have done this, this, and that. Uh, And well, that's not good enough because those years are coming, especially in college football, when people get hurt um, and, you know, home field advantage is is going to play a factor again at some point Uh, in Indiana's non-conference schedule and their, their schedule as a whole in 2021 is, is, they did get a break when they reshuffled it a little bit, but it's not 
it's not easy. I mean, you're going to have a top 10 Cincinnati team coming into, uh, into Bloomington. You have to start the season at Iowa and that, you know, everybody's going to be fired up for that game. Uh, you have to go down to Western Kentucky, which, you know, you should be Western Kentucky by a couple touchdowns, but you're going down to their place and you don't have a lot to win. You have a lot to lose. It's just, that's just a dangerous game on, on many levels. You have to go to Michigan. You have to go to Penn state. Uh, and then you have to go back up to Purdue to end the year. It's just, you know, if Indiana wins two out of the three with, you know, maybe splits Iowa and Cincinnati, you're still looking at seven wins and things like that, but people are going to look at that as a step back. And that's, I mean, that's what you're you're afraid of happening is going down that slippery slope. But let's end the podcast on on a good note. Uh, and season is slated to start now on, on September 4th. That I have a feeling that they might move that game to that Friday night against Iowa just to showcase it a little bit and yeah. showcase the conference. Uh, hopefully spring practice starts up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it usually starts around spring break. Um, I don't know what that is for, for IU this year, but it's usually like, you know, the second week of March they start up and, uh, you know, first or second week of March. So we'll see. And, and then, um, you know, that spring games four weeks after that, six weeks after that, uh, usually comes the weekend before Easter uh, and things like that. But I don't know the, the, the blue, I used Bloomington's uh, school schedule this year because it's all wonky. But spring practice is around the corner. I think we're 201 days from kicking off the season. So, TJ, stay warm. Uh, and hopefully this snow will pass and spring will be here uh, soon. Absolutely, yeah. I hope everybody uh, stays safe out there and uh, has a, a pleasant month or two before we get into the spring. We'll be back soon as we start to – start to cover what should be a fun spring practice yep all right that does it for the hoosier huddle podcast for sammy uh for tj inman i'm sammy jacobs uh we'll be back in a couple weeks with our spring uh preview as well and then we will uh we'll get into it uh we'll start our spring previews uh on the site coming up next week and uh keep coming back to hoosierhuddle.com for all your news and notes on indiana football Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Uh, stay safe, Hoosier fans, tonight if you're impacted by this winter storm. Uh, don't take any unnecessary risks. Uh, be safe, be there for your family, and stay warm. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 